When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Out of the Box Podcast. It is now June. The season would be over anyway, but it's been over for a while. And as we try and find things to do, we have come up with a somewhat crazy idea. I'm Gray Robertson. My partner, Tom Canterbury, is back in Tuscaloosa. I'm in Bradenton, Florida. Tom, how are you? Doing good. How's, uh, how's the Eastern Time Zone treating you? It's, you know, it's 6.30 here and 5.30 where you are and everything's a little bit later and I'm just not used to it, but whatever. Yeah. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) We've, uh, so we've got an interesting idea here. We're going to do essentially a draft of SEC players from 2010 to the present. So that means if you played from 07 to 10, you were eligible. Uh, If you are a uh, athlete from Missouri or Texas A&M, you've had to play one year at least in the SEC so that does include Chelsea Thomas who we might see discussed later on in this draft and we've got a group of five general managers here let's meet them all you've already met Tom Brian Rice the voice of the Tennessee Lady Vols Brian how are you uh, doing very well uh, very proud to be part of this very select group to uh, to draft the best of the last decade yes this will be very exciting I wonder how many Lady Vols will be on your roster or maybe some There's- of us will take them uh, yeah, then, well, then we'll have a fight, but that's okay. That's okay. That's what this is all about. Let's go to Amanda Scarborough. Amanda, how are you? Hi, good to be here. Yes, and uh, we're happy to have you. And then finally, Jen Schroeder, who recently announced that the baby that she has been carrying and is due very soon is, in fact, a girl. So, Jen, has Kelly I already made an offer, or how's that work? <laughs> She's committed already. It's, it already <laughs> happened. It's the earliest commitment in the history of Bruin, uh, Bruin history. But I'm just happy to be the lone Pac-10, Pac-12er in this crew today. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be kind of interesting. So we're doing this uh, in an NFL draft style where you can just pick anybody at any point. You can go pitcher round one, third baseman round two, whatever you want. Anybody have a strategy here right now? Do you kind of know what you're – looking for I'm not telling anybody my strategy because I don't <laughs> want anybody to take my people I don't want okay. Jen to take them I don't want Brian to take them I for sure don't want Gray I'd be okay if you took them wow <laughs> you know I just I don't want people to be mad at my team you know people got mad at some of the uh some of the online ESPN teams so and very mad so uh I'm trying to <laughs> And it, it helps that it's the last decade or so because that means that you don't have to have the recency bias argument or the who would have been better back then. I think this helps put it on eras, which makes it a lot easier to quantify what people would have done against each other. Yeah, Brian, that was one of the things that I was thinking with the uh, the all-time teams that have been put out there is that it's hard to compare somebody when they were just dominant in the 80s compared to now yeah they probably would have been dominant now but it's hard to know because it's almost an apples and oranges argument because the game itself has evolved so much more than what it was in the 80s so um, I agree I think this is good that we can kind of have an apples to apples comparison on some of these players and uh, why don't we go ahead and get started 
Are we ready, everybody? Yes. Yeah, let's how work. are we doing the draft order? I haven't been told this yet. Well, this is how it's going to be. So obviously the folks at home, if you're listening, cannot see this. I've got up random.org, all of us <laughs> alphabetically oh. by first name. So here we go. This is about to be the order. Uh, and Amanda Scarborough <laughs> will have the first oh. pick, then Jen second, Brian third, Gray fourth, and Tom bringing up the rear. But we're snaking, though, correct? That we are snaking, so you'll have the round two first pick. You we'll know, it's hard for me to have the first pick. The first pick, while it's good in like an NFL draft situation, if you play fantasy football, you don't actually really like to have the first pick. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of pressure, and then you have to wait a while. That's the reason. You miss yeah. out on a lot more good people. So, okay. So, uh, let's, uh, let's open it up. The first pick of the 2020 SEC draft players from 2010 to now goes to general manager Amanda Scarborough. Amanda, where are you going? Um, so, I was thinking about this uh, for a while, and I'm going to go with a utility player. I'm going with Lauren Maker. Oh. Another arm. I want a big bat. I want somebody who's a leader who knows how to win. And she's, I love her competitiveness. Uh, and she went to a national championship. So, I want her on my team. I'm picking her. All right. Solid choice. Already off the board, Lauren Hager. Jen, are you going catcher round one? I'm not, but I am going with another Florida Gator, and I am going to take my girl, Amanda Lorenz. To me, she just sets the tone, does a lot at the plate, can play multiple positions. She can't pitch in the circle, but I bet if we were to teach her, she could figure it out. She's just a competitor, a team leader, and so I want her on my team. So she's going to be my first-round pick, Amanda Lorenz. Yeah, and well, I feel like if you taught her, she could figure out how to pitch. Maybe, maybe if you taught her. <laughs> and uh, for the folks at home, uh, we are going one per one player per position, and we discussed earlier Amanda Lorenz. We're putting in the outfield. Yeah, uh, Brian Rice, your first pick. This is going to infuriate my uh, Tennessee brethren, and it's probably going to infuriate both of you because my first round picks Haley McClinney. No, time no! leader in batting average, on base percentage, walks and triples for Alabama. So, Haley McClinney is my first-round pick. Sorry, Alabama guys, and sorry to all my Lady Vols as well. I have plenty of you well-ranked uh, a little later on. You know, Brian, yeah. I do have the capability of booting you off this Zoom call. <laughs> so. I probably deserve it too, but that's okay. Uh, okay, well then, in that case, for my first-round pick, I'm taking Madison Shipman. Uh-huh. And a part of that, uh, a part of that, honestly, Brian, I know this is probably painful to bring up, but I was rewatching that uh, 2013 game one championship against Oklahoma uh-huh. and just the plays that she made, obviously the home run and extra innings, but at short, and there were so many times she got to ball. She's so rangy. She could make any kind of throw and she's a good leader. I want Madison Chipman on my team. So she's my first pick. I have never watched that game again, and I don't think I ever will. I've watched the highlight package that I narrated after it, and that is all I have ever watched from that game. Probably a good call. Consider out of my life. Yeah. yeah. All right, Tom. All right. Uh, well, geez. Uh, with my first pick, my first round pick, um, one of the th- I hated one of the things about going through this. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to root for my own team. Uh, because of some of the people that are going to be on this in all likelihood. At the risk of infuriating again the Alabama and the Tennessee people as well, I'm going to take the third Florida Gator off the board in the first round, 
because illegal pitches are not a thing. Kelly Barnhill was my first pick. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Tom, was, Kelly, Kelly Barnhill. Kelly Barnhill, yes. Outside of her senior year, when Alabama finally got to her, she's the most dominant pitcher I've seen in person for an extended period of time. And I'm going to go with her uh, to, to lead up my staff in the circles. We get two pitchers and then one of everything else, correct? Right. Um, Amanda, right. real quick, Kelly Barnhill, first pitcher off the board. Are you surprised? I was on mute because there was background noise. Uh, no, not at all. Uh, not surprised. Mm -mm. All right, well, let's see what Tom goes. Uh, round two, Tom, what do you have? Because uh, Brian took Haley McClenney, who's the best all-around player I've ever seen, I'm going to take somebody that can be my leadoff hitter in the outfield, Caleb Rowe. No. Caleb <laughs> Rowe. Thank you very much. I know she's probably next on your list, right? Yeah, she was who I was going to take. Thank you for that. Uh, wow. Okay. So uh, that screws me up. Um, all right. Uh, let's, let's move on to the infield. I'm going to take the player that I think will lead Alabama all-time in home runs. I think we'll be up there in RBI, and I think we're going to see her in the SEC rankings when she actually has a full senior season. I'm taking Bailey Hemphill for first base, and I think also – you know, we don't really talk about her as an actual first baseman very often, but she makes fantastic plays in the field all the time. So I'm taking Bailey, and uh, I, I like having the one-two punch of a power probably around the three-four spot of my lineup of Shipman and Hemphill. We talk about all the time, Gray, on the broadcast that Bailey is very underrated as far as what she's able to do in the field with the with the glove, and I think it was really part of the reason why Alabama was struggling at the beginning of 2020 was you know having to shuttle her back and forth between catching and first base. Brian? All right, I'm going to go to uh, the outfield again, and I'm going to take a player that played two and a half years in the outfield and a year and a half in the infield, and that's Tennessee's Raven Siobhan. Uh, she was a first-team All-American in both the outfield and at third base, uh, one of the all-time leading hitters at Tennessee. Ended up uh, a hit, I believe, short of the career record. So Raven Siobhan, I'm going to put her in the outfield where she played the most in her career at Tennessee. All right, Jen. I'm going to go to my catcher pick now with Aubrey Monroe. I, I've got a feeling that my team is going to be full of a lot of Florida Gators, which is actually really surprising because they ended my career at UCLA. <laughs> uh, however, to me, she's just an anchor back there. What she's able to do from a leadership perspective is, is really important that Nobody takes her before I get her on my team. So, Aubrey Monroe. I was texting Emily Pitek earlier, and she said, I will bet Jen Schroeder picks <laughs> Aubrey Monroe. So, yes. She wins a bet. Ho hopefully, she puts some money on it. Yeah, we may need to get a little Patrick on uh, the next draft that we do. Yes. He takes. Uh, all right, Amanda, final pick of the second round. Um, so, I, I get back-to-back -back picks, right? Can I just go right. ahead and get both? Go ahead. All right, my first my last pick, or the last pick of the second round, would be Delaney Gourley. And my first pick of the third round is going to be Trina. I want the one-two punch. I want the lefty yeah. Gourley change. I want the Trina heat. She also has a bat. I love the my pitching staff of Lauren Hager, Trina, and Gourley. Give it to me. National championships, they just know how to win, and they have such a good mix. My team is beating everybody else's because I have those three. I, I don't know <laughs> if anyone's scoring on you, honestly. <laughs> wow. 
Uh, okay. And, but, and, um, and, and Gurley also brings you the left-handed pitcher, which there aren't many. No, I look as I was breaking this down, I wanted to kind of do it like like you folks did at seven innings, where you kind of pick a righty and a lefty, mm-hmm. and there were no lefties. Delaney Gurley, and then you've got Trillacheck at Florida now, and that's kind of it for the elite lefties the SEC has seen. Yeah, I noticed that. I was surprised by that because that's such a theme right now is left-handed pitching winning national championships. You think uh, as of late, since like 2013, but yeah, SEC is lacking. Yeah. All right, Jen. I was going to go with Gourley. That was my next pick. Um, <laughs> however, I think I think I'm going to go off off my gut here because I'm real. There's a lot of good right-handed arms on this list. Um, but Hannah Rogers is really speaking to me. I think what she was able to do at the most elite level when Florida won their very first national championship, and it's not that she overpowers batters, but she just finds a way to mow batter after batter down. Um, She's very sneaky good, and she knows how to win. She knows how to compete. Her big old earrings, getting her ponytail on the side of her shoulder would kill, you know, every hitter. But I'm going to go with with Hannah Rogers for my third pick. Is, uh, is Tim Walton feeding you these picks? I, I, I just can't even believe this. <laughs> she literally ended my career, by the way. So I'm picking her. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I had Hannah Rogers next on my list uh, as mm. far as value because I'm, I've got to go pitcher here. Ralph Weekly always says they don't call it fast anything else. It's fast pitch. Um, and I'm not going to go Tennessee player again. I'm going somebody very early on in this decade. She finished her career in the first couple of years of this decade. That's Kelsey Dunn at Alabama. Mm. Four-time first-team All-SEC. Uh, when you look at the career stats, yeah, she's not at the top of any of those career charts for the SEC, but just dominant. I, I still have nightmares about having to play uh, against her. So uh, Kelsey Dunn, my first pitcher off the board for me. Hmm. I'm scared because everybody's taking pitchers now and it, it's like picking defenses and fantasy football. You don't want to get left behind with someone terrible um, or not terrible because these are really good players, obviously. But uh, OK, I'm going to solidify. No, I'm not. I'm going to go speed. Um, I'm going Courtney Emanuel at Georgia, because if there's anything that I remember from our trip to Athens a couple years ago and there are a couple things I want to forget, and uh, for obvious reasons, because we got walked off a couple times. Courtney Emanuel, like, cannot not be on base. I mean, I don't know how she does it, but she was, I think, the weekend we were there two years ago, seven for nine on the weekend or something. She's a great outfielder as well, only had one error in her entire career. So I think I need that speed at the top of my order. I'm taking Courtney Emanuel. All right. Well, I have my back-to-back picks here to finish off the second and start off the, the third – or, excuse me, yeah, finish finish off the third, start off the fourth. Um, I'm going to go first with my utility player pick. I'm going to pick a player who made it to the final four of our Bama U bracket, a player who was a number one over number one seed in one of our regionals for the Bama U pick, and also someone that's going to give me a few innings in the circle if I need her. I'm going to go with Charlotte Morgan as my utility player. Mm-hmm. Just a, a scary, dominant player in, uh, at the plate especially. And uh, speaking of which, with my first pick of the fourth round, I'm going to head over to third base, which is a little bit surprisingly a kind of a thin 
uh, position for us overall. And I'm going to pick one of the scariest batters I've seen in the last few years, a person who hit the longest foul ball I've ever seen in the SEC tournament and luckily struck out afterwards. Abby Cheek is going to be my third baseman. That's dang, Tom. <laughs> um, <laughs> yikes. All right. Uh, I'm going to stay in the infield. And by the way, I completely agree about the longest foul ball I've ever seen. I think that hit Reed Arena. It was yeah, I believe my call was, and the pitch, oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to shore up my infield a little bit more. I'm going Emily Carasoni from Auburn. Uh, one of the best mm. the conference has ever seen. Three-time All-American. Uh, All-defensive team twice, too. So really good in the field. Um, obviously, she had some wonderful World Series moments as well. So I've got – I. I've got almost my entire infield, and I've got Emily Carasoni at a second base. Brian? I'm going to go over to third base, and this is a tough one for me, but she's still on the board right now, and I'm going to go with Kelsey Stewart. Uh, 102 hits in 2014, followed it up with a measly 101 in 2015, and one of only two players that's played this decade to be in the top ten in single-season hits in the SEC, and she did it twice. There we go. Jim? All right. I'm going to you my utility player, and I'm going to go with LSU's only four-time All-American in Savannah Jayquish. Um, I just think she's a super well-rounded player. She brings me power. She brings me speed. I can literally put her almost anywhere, um, and so she's going to be my utility player. She can also catch. Just throwing that yeah. out there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, all right, Amanda, you've got two in a row. Yeah, I sure do. Uh, it gets on you fast, you yeah. know. <laughs> um, I'm going to go ahead and fill out my middle infield. Uh, my my first pick is going to be Bianca Bell. I'm, I'm plugging her in at shortstop. Love her bat, her athleticism. And then over at second base, I'm putting Aubrey Leach, my Texas girl who played uh-huh. at Tennessee. Uh, can get on base, just so quiet, so steady defensively and offensively. Uh, I want her on my team. As soon as this post, Aubrey's going to send me a text, probably in our Tennessee staff group text, wondering how I didn't take her high enough that you couldn't get her, man, if that's okay. But I'm, I'm sure she'll be following from uh, Scrapyard Dogs practice. <laughs> she was on my draft board, too. I love her. She's so good. Yeah, consistent all four years. Super. It always finds a way to get on base, too. Always. Just, like, every game. Okay. Uh, So, I am going to... Kelsey at your third baseman. But she's on the board at second base. Right? Yeah, wait, who are you taking? Sorry, you, you cut out. Who are you taking? So Kelsey Stewart was on our draft board at, at second base, but Brian took her, oh. as her as her third as his third baseman, right? I did. I'm sorry, I didn't see the draft board, or I would have uh, not not done it that Uh-oh, way. Oh, do we have to retract? Okay. No, I don't know. I'm just because at second I had Stewart or Leach, and now I'm like, oh shoot, they're both gone. Now I got. So I'm just trying to figure this out. Gray, you're the commissioner. If I misdrafted position wise based on the sheet. <laughs> I can I can retract and and I'll just need a compensatory pick. Yeah, well, or you can just take her for you just move her to second if you move would like. Third. Move her to third, right? 
Oh, no, you can move no, her to second. Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. I, I can, I'll move her to second then, and uh, then I'm, I'm in, my roster is in compliance. I'll, I'll pick another third baseman. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Okay. I, think, I think that's the best right. way to go about it. All right. So, Jen, you guys have... always messing things up. Oh, it, doesn't, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't help me whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so I, I'm going to go with Lauren Gibson, uh, a lady ball at second base. Um, I like what she brings to my team, and I don't have a ton of speed yet on my team. So Lauren Gibson is going um, to be my second baseman. All right, Brian. Uh, then I will go to shortstop. I do not have one yet, so it's time to put a little orange in the infield, and Megan Gregg. Uh, has the program record for single season runs batted in at 79. Uh, UT career home run, run batted in, leader, and uh, third all-time in doubles. So she is my choice, as steady as you could get, and provided a great four years on the back of Madison Shipman's four years. So Tennessee had eight solid years of shortstop play. Uh, I don't know that you'll see a solid eight years like that ever again at a position. Yeah, um, almost kind of an underappreciated Megan Gregg. I mean, she was quietly one of the best hitters throughout her career in the SEC. And shout out to uh, Greg Farms Peaches and Peach Ice Cream. If you're in the Atlanta area, it's worth taking the drive down. I promise you that. Uh, okay. I need, I need some of that. Do they ship? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If you call her up, I bet she'd get some. She would ship for you, Jen. <laughs> I might give her a call. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I am going to go with a pitcher here in round, what are we in, five now? I'm going to go Alexis Osorio. I, I think that you've got one of the best rise balls uh, you've ever seen, and I, I, I'm, I hate it for her because, unfortunately, we never got to really see what she could do in her junior and senior year because she was battling injuries the entire time. She had a back problem. She had a concussion. So we never really got to see full Lexi the last couple years of her career, and I, I think uh, – I think she's a phenomenal pitcher, and uh, I would be honored to have her on my team. Tom? So you are drafting – you're drafting sophomore Alexis Osorio, basically. I'm drafting sophomore year Alexis Osorio. <laughs> good call. Good call on that one. Uh, okay, so I am going to go behind the plate. I think we've only had one catcher go off the board so far. Um, so I am going to go behind the plate. And when we first started talking about this, I had it in my, in my head that I was going to pick Mia Davidson uh, to be my catcher. But as I was looking through, and I, I can only plead ignorance, I did not realize how dominant a player Chelsea Bramlett was. Oh, you the got this. You stole the best one. So I am going to take a Mississippi State Bulldog, but it's not going to be Mia. I'm going to take Chelsea Bramlett for my catcher. Uh, just some unbelievable numbers. Had the highest batting average in SEC history in 2010. And she – could run, which is unusual for a catcher as well. Uh, second in SEC history and career stolen bases, had a third and had 61 in one year. Just an unbelievable catcher behind the plate for the Bulldogs. So I'm going to go with her. And then I'm going to head down to first base with my second pick. And, and one of the themes of this is some of the opponents that, I, that Alabama's faced that I have seen that I have been the most scared of or the most I, I hated to see come to the plate. And I'm going to go to College Station for that. And Tori Bedalis is going to be my first baseman. Gosh. I wanted to pick her. I was going to pick her right before you, Amanda. I was going to have so much fun with that. 
I did. I, we got a chance to meet her when we when they had the SEC tournament in College Station, and she's just the nicest girl uh, that that I've ever met. She's really cool, and I just was so happy that she was in the press box and not on the field anymore. I know. I remember meeting her, thinking the entire time, uh, you <laughs> sleepless so many nights because there were so many times, especially Tom, that we saw where she just had a big time home run. I remember that it was either a grand slam or a three run homer in uh, the seventh. Uh, against Alexis Osorio in 18, and then she had the home run also in the seventh, the only hit Lexi gave up in that game in the SEC tournament. So, yeah, yeah Tori Vidal's really she, good. She had a knack for coming up in those positions, too. That, that's, that, that's something that is not that is sometimes overlooked, but it's not that she came through in those positions. She was in those positions to begin with. That doesn't always happen. You know, just how things fell. She seemed to always be coming up in the seventh inning when a home run would do the most damage. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to go catcher as well. And I'm going to, I'm going to stay close to home because I want Chelsea Bramlett and I'm going to take Reagan Dykes, uh, just one of the best arms behind the plate. Uh, certainly I've ever seen. And I mean, the shotgun was always firing. She has the caught stealing by record in Alabama history um, and provides okay offense too. I mean, around a 250, 260 hitter uh, has good power. So I can put that around the six or the seven spot in the lineup. All right, I'm going to have to go first base here, and I'm going back to Gainesville. Uh, I'm Megan Bush, she left Florida as uh, the career home run leader with 65, was the SEC career home run leader at the time. Uh, 80 runs batted in in a season was a Florida career record. So, I, you know, the vol in me says I can't have that many Gators, but it, you can't mm. ignore Megan Bush still being on the board this late in the draft. She's my first baseman. Mm. All right, Jen, yeah, but Dallas is absolutely. off. Absolute stud, Megan Bush. Uh, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to head to Georgia, and I'm going to take third baseman Elisa Goler. I <laughs> Amanda, just throwing her arms up. Um, I remember we played Georgia Super Regionals in 2008, and every single person in their starting lineup except for her got food poisoning. And we became instant best friends just from conversation of me talking to her behind the plate. Like she's telling me everyone's barfing in the dugout. She's just <laughs> up there. Like somehow she surpassed it. It was hilarious. We became friends ever since that day. But even in her early, early years at Georgia, she was so feared at the plate. Uh, and I just loved the way that she swung the bat. I love the presence that she brought to the plate. I really liked her style of play. And so I'm going to take her off the board. Mm. That's uh, so Elisa iron stomach goaler is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Amanda. All right. Um, two picks here for me. My first one is going to be at third base. I am picking Casey Cooper. Uh, multi-time All-American, National Freshman of the Year, had 83 RBIs in 2016, so solid at third base. And to compliment her on the other side of my corner, I'm going to pick Jade Rhodes. Jade mm. Rhodes is somebody who I think is quietly such a steady first baseman. Yes, she brings a lot at the plate, uh, but I, I think we underestimate her a little bit for her defensive skills, what Clint Myers and Casey Myers and their whole co coaching staff was able to teach that Auburn team. Auburn had a really good defensive team the years that they were the coaches of that program. 
Jade Rhodes was a big part of that, and also Casey Cooper. And don't forget, too, Jade Rhodes won a gold glove in the NPF as well. So I know that that was post-college, but still it goes to show you how good she is with her glove. Yeah, good pick. Uh, top five in SEC history and career fielding percentage. So you've got the bats as well as uh, the defense to back up your insane pitching staff. That's right. Right. All right, Jen. Okay. What do I want to do here? I I am going – I'm going to go with big bats. I'm just going to stick with it. I think the SEC scores a lot of runs. So I'm going to go Francesca Anea, probably Mm -hmm. one of the scariest big swings the SEC has ever seen. I think she's a good match for all these pitchers that I see on the board. And I think that currently my team is definitely lacking speed. Uh, we've got big hitters like Jaquish, Anea, Lorenz, Goler. So I'm just going to stick with that theme of going with the big boppers. And Fran, welcome. Welcome yep. to the winning team. I, I don't know if that's the theme. I think the theme is uh, being a part of the Florida Gator Nation. Because that's what, pick number four from uh, the Gators? I think if I think you're, if I think you're cool, I'm just going to put you on my team. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Okay, uh, Brian, you're up. Uh, too many Gators on the team to take somebody who I actually had rated my next highest in Michelle Moultrie. But I'm going to go to Georgia and somebody that, again, who hurt the team that you're broadcasting for most often. Sydney Emanuel was another mm-hmm. one. Courtney came off the board earlier. I'm going with Sydney, uh, Georgia's all-time record holder at the end of her career, a 432 career average, um, 476 on base percentage. I've got some big bats that can knock her in, give me more speed, and an outfield of McClinney, Emmanuel, and Siobhan, I'm, I'm rolling with it. Wow. All that's the really, stolen bases. That's really All the right. stolen bases. I'll use Reagan Dykes to mow them down, though. I agree with the speed comment. I need more speed on my team. And so I am going to go. Hmm, I'm going to go with the player that has to be the best in school history, at least top two um, at Ole Miss. And that's Kylan Becker. Uh, oh, you had- come on. <laughs> Sorry, Tom. Um, she had over 40 stolen bases. She was only an All-American once, which is kind of insane to me because uh, she was just fantastic in the outfield. Another player who didn't make any mistakes out there, diving everywhere, making every catch. So, Colin Becker is my pick. Sorry, Tom. Man, I, I'm shocked. I, I would have bet money you were not going to pick her right then. Uh, okay, well, that's that's thrown me off. All right. Uh, so, I am going to head over then to second base and – continue to stack my team with some big boppers. I'm going to go with Alex Hugo mm. from Georgia at second base. Uh, third all-time in SEC history in 2014 with the 25 home runs, slugging percentage, um, two-time All-American. Uh, and again, kind of going along with the, the theme of players that scared you uh, when, when you played them. And she was definitely on that list. So I'm going to go with Alex Hugo. And I'm going to finish off my pitching staff, I believe, with my second pick. And I'm going to go with Montana Fouts. Montana Fouts is going to be my one-two punch with Kelly Barnhill. Uh, just somebody that you can really see when you're somebody like Gray and I that we get to see her on a daily basis. You can see someone that's going to be dominant all four years that she's going to be in school. 
uh, one of the most impressive performances I've ever seen, what she was able to do against Arizona, also both in Tucson and at, and at the World Series last year. Um, didn't need her for the 15 to three victory over Florida, but I just wanted to mention that Alabama beat Florida 15 to three in the World Series last year. <laughs> Tom, because um, I was going to go Fouts. Uh, okay, now I, she kind of skirts in a little bit because she only played in the SEC for one year, but there was there were not very many more pitchers dominant during the era in which she played than Chelsea Thomas at Missouri. Just a phenomenal career. And even in the SEC, she won SEC Pitcher of the Year. So she leaves the Big 12, comes to the, a conference all new with teams she's never really faced that much, and she wins SEC Pitcher of the Year. So she was great. She had an extenuated career. Um, so I'm taking, uh, I'm taking Chelsea Thomas because uh, I, I just like her and she's really talented. And I think she compliments Alexis Osorio well. I'll never forget last weekend of the regular season, their first season in the league, we go to Missouri and we are snowed out on Friday night. And then on Saturday night, first pitch temperature, 37 degrees on ESPN and she no hits us. And then we had to play another game afterward because the field was not dry enough to play an earlier game. So then we had to play a later game when it was even colder. Thankfully, she didn't pitch back-to-back, but uh, no hit us. I'll never forget that. It's just an incredible performance because with that 2013 Tennessee offense to be no hit by anybody, mm-hmm. but she was incredible. I'm sure you enjoyed it in that press box too. At that On the roof? Yeah, on the roof with blanket. Yeah, that I, was, I missed it by one year. I'm so so sad. When so, there, somebody yeah. did the uh, worst stadium you've ever been to any sport, it was sitting on the roof of the press box at University Field. So, yeah, it's, yeah. I never I never called a game there. I never called a game at old A and M Stadium when Tom asked to uh, sit outside oh. right in front of a speaker. So, <laughs> yep, yeah, yeah under the, under the speaker at old Texas A and M as Tori Bedalis is hitting seven home runs against you. That's uh, that one is fun either. And the season ticket holder right in front of you that wears the big hat. Got some pictures of the back of his head. So, thanks for that. Uh, I guess I'm up, and I'm going to have to go pitcher again. And I'm going back to Rocky Top. Three-time All-SEC, but I think her best season in 2013, she was an All-SEC, and that's Ellen Renfro. uh, Stepped in and uh, pitched Tennessee to uh, a lot of success, particularly in the 2013 season. Pitched uh, nearly – or pitched every pitch of the uh, – epic that we won't talk about anymore but she uh she was solid throughout her career so give me Ellen Renfro yeah that was another thing that really stuck out to me watching that game like Ellen Renfro shut down one of the best offenses in college softball history shut him down for what 12 innings 11 innings yeah. 11 innings yeah and then yes. the 12th was where it came apart so incredible uh all right Jen you've got four spots left where are you going I've got to go back to the circle as well. And I'm really thinking who's going to compliment Hannah Rogers. So I want someone who's um, maybe throws a little bit more junk, gives a different look, can mix the ball in different locations. So I'm going to go to LSU's Allie Wall Jasper, three-time All-American. She mixes pitches really well, completely different look than Hannah Rogers. And I think they're going to compliment each other well. It's a good pick. Um, all right, Amanda, you've got two straight choices and four spots and no outfielders on your roster yet. Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's where I'm headed next. And there's so many great choices for outfielders, you know, to be honest, like there's just a plethora of them. Uh, the first person that I'm going to pick is Kelsey Bruder. I need some left-handed power on my team. 
uh, two-time All-American, former SEC Player of the Year back in 2011, Florida Gator, Kelsey Bruder. Uh, the other person that I'm going to pick now as we head to the next round uh, is going to be Bailey Landry of LSU. I need some speed on my team, triple threat. Jen and I have the exact same picks. It just depends on who gets there first. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no surprise there. We think the same. Uh, but, yeah, Kelsey, or Kelsey Bruder and Bailey Landry, two outfielders, and adding to my team. Sorry, Jen. That's a great pick. I know. I really – I have Amanda Lorenza and Francesca Anaya so far in the outfield. I'm like, I need someone who could play center field, even though Bailey didn't at LSU. I was going to tell her, you're playing center. Uh, and he needs some <laughs> speed. So I, I am going to go – I'm going to go with, with AJ Andrews. I think I'm going to move her to center. Um, she's going to give me the speed that I need. Um, I, I like what she brings to my team, especially because she's so athletic and can cover so much ground. And I think that I might need that with uh, Fran and Amanda as, as my anchors in left and right. <laughs> no offense, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Tom mentioned her earlier uh, because he took my catcher, so I'm going to take the one that he mentioned uh, otherwise, and that's Mia Davidson of Mississippi State. Uh, just what she was able to do over the first couple of years of her career. And here's the other thing. Let's, let's just be honest. She doesn't have the protection in the lineup at Mississippi State that a lot of these players that we've drafted that put up great numbers have had. I mean, you look at those Florida lineups, ton of protection in the lineup, Tennessee's lineups, Georgia's over the years. Mia Davidson had to do it I, – I, I remember our game plan when we played against her. It was, well, we don't have to give her great things to hit because if she gets on, so what? We get the next person out. So give me Mia Davidson behind the plate uh, for my team. All right. I'm going to go with a Gator for third base. A lot of Florida love on all these teams. I don't know how I feel about that. But <laughs> I'm going with Nicole DeWitt, uh, just steady in the field. Steady at the plate. I mean, I looked at her season stats. Every year it's hovering around 130 batting average and about a 980 fielding percentage. And she was all defensive team in 2017. Uh, only a one-time All-American, but I remember every time Alabama played Florida, she always had three walks. So she just gets on base. Uh, I've got Nicole DeWitt. Before I make my pick, I have a question to ask, which will give my pick away if it uh, hasn't been taken. Has someone taken Alyssa DiCarlo from Georgia? No. no. Well, now we have. Uh, I'm going to take Alyssa DiCarlo uh, as my shortstop. Uh, again, going more with the power. Uh, my team is just going to try to mash people is, is our plan and just hope, uh, <laughs> and hope Barnhill and Fouts can hold them down as much as possible. But I'm going to go with that for power and then going for speed and kind of the similar – to uh, what uh, we were talking about earlier, you need some speed out. My only outfielder right now is Kayla Bro, who has the speed, but I don't think she would really play center field. She'd be more of, of, a, of a corner outfielder. So I am going to go with the only player that I think has made a catch that Haley McClinney could not because of her speed in the outfield, and I'm going to go with Alyssa Brown. Mm. It's a good yeah, choice. She, she get it. I'm doing this mostly for her her speed and what she's able to do fielding wise. I think she's going to do enough getting on base. If she can just stay in the box, she's going to be fine. All right, I'll go utility, and I'm so glad that this player is available to me right now. I'm going Alicia Casio. Oh, that was uh, my next pick. Sorry. 
<laughs> Sorry, I can put her literally anywhere, and she can pitch, and she's a really good pitcher, and she can hit. So, uh, I mean, just the definition of a utility player. She crushed Alabama multiple times in her career, um, and just a really good option to come in and you know throw a couple innings in relief if you need her to. So I've got Alicia Acasio. And Gray, that's something that we talked about uh, with Kelly Barnhill in her senior season. I thought a lot, a lot of the thing, a lot of the problems that she was having her senior years because they did not have Acasio there anymore mm-hmm. to take a little bit of the of the burden off of her. She was having to do everything, and Acasio was really that that safety valve that Tim Walton didn't have in, in the senior campaign for Barnhill. Yeah. The, uh, the right side of my infield is Florida. The left side of my infield is going to be a left side of the infield that got to play together for uh, one year, and that's uh, – I'm going to put Chelsea Sager at third base. Active, still at Tennessee. Um, but what she's been able to do it, just to come in and provide stability, the last couple of years she's had to play a couple of different positions away from third base, had some injury issues uh, that, that really showed that Tennessee had another option there for part of last year. But Chelsea Segrin's my third baseman. Um, she's, she wants to be up in the clutch, and that's what a lot of the great players want. They want to be there when the game's on the line. They want that moment, and she wants that moment and has risen to the moment uh, plenty of times. So Chelsea Segrin's my third baseman. She's probably my captain, too. Mm. She's a farm girl, too. So you that's know right. Yeah. Texas girl, yeah. other one. She's one of my most favorite current players to watch right now. Her entire career, I just, I just enjoy watching her play. Yeah. The entire city, city of Thrall, Texas, pulls up the online broadcast, and I always get tweets or emails or texts. So you have to shout out everybody down in Thrall every broadcast because they are all listening. And when we've gone down to A and M, like for the SEC tournament or at the end of her freshman year, it was. Man, it's great to meet you. We, we listen to you every game. So shout out City of Thrall for Chelsea. Wait, time out. Brian just called Thrall a city. <laughs> Does anybody know how many people live there? Uh, it's in the hundred. Amanda's Googling it right now. Because <laughs> it's close to me. 953 people live there. And it's people. Yeah. My graduating <laughs> class had 775. My graduating <laughs> class. City. That's a city. They're all. <laughs> oh. Anyway, let's, I digress. <laughs> they make up half the listening audience for the online broadcast. So shout out to them anyway. Good numbers right there. <laughs> right. Oh, all right, Jen, you've got, a, you've got two spots left. Where are you going? I do. I'm going very homegrown. I'm picking my own sister for this one. And there's a reason, there's a reason why truly she doesn't have the accolades that anyone else has, but she was plagued with a lot, a lot, a lot of injuries, but she played six different positions at Arkansas. And I feel like my entire lineup right now between Lorenz, Anaya, Jayquish, like these girls can kind of play all over. And I think the protection that Nicole's going to get in this lineup, because she can, she's put up, I mean, just as many home runs as some of these big time swingers. And so I think she fits very nicely into this lineup um, for a plethora of reasons, but I'm going to go my own backyard, literally my sister, Nicole Schroeder. I was and give very, Arkansas a little love too. Yeah, that's true. They are in the conference. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I was surprised that Nicole hadn't gotten really any accolades, and I remember her being absolutely potent when she was healthy. But I mean, the fact that I and mean, this is like not a sister thing, but the fact that she wasn't an All American in her senior year, she was leading the country for most of it. I mean, she did very, very well. 
All right, uh, Amanda, these are your final two picks of the draft. I can't believe that this person hasn't gotten picked yet, and I can't believe I've not picked her, but I'm picking Megan Wiggins, Georgia, any an outfielder. Amazing left-handed swing, fearless in the outfield, just so clutch, like such a great just ball player, heads up and just competes. So she's going to be my final outfielder. Then as we start our last round, I need a catcher. No offense, Jen, I did not purposely pick them last. I feel like that's just how yeah, that right. goes well. <laughs> Jen, I promise. Um, I'm going to go with one that probably not a lot of people are thinking of. I'm going with Jenny Schaefer from Kentucky. I love the way that she progressed in her career as a catcher, as a backstop, as a leader back behind the plate. Uh, and I'm going with her. I really, really love the leadership that Jenny Schaefer uh, showed, and no pun intended, but how she shaped up to be a really great Great catcher. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's I, a very strong choice. Sorry to interrupt. I'm no, go just, ahead, Jen. I'm just blowing Amanda off because she left catcher last. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so to me, the two most important defensive positions beyond a pitcher um, are going to be my catcher and my shortstop. And so I'm going to go with Sophia Reynoso as my shortstop. Uh, I've got a ton of offense in my lineup. But what she brings from a leadership position, from a defensive position with how much ground she could cover, I don't think there's been many people as good as her, not just in the SEC, but in all of college softball defensively. So she's my last pick, and I'm really excited about it. Oh, I love her. She's Mm -hmm. so good. Yeah, I hate that – well, I I don't hate it for Alabama's sake because we will play Florida next year. But I I was disappointed for her and for Florida to see her not be able to come back um, and get that extra year of relief. I know. She's so good. I, I love watching her play. Um, I'm down to utility. So I'm going to go a little off the board for my utility, and it's a homer pick, but you talk about glue and somebody that was glue on uh, playing different roles for three or well, for four different teams, but really uh, on a couple of World Series teams, Cheyenne Tarango. She can come in, had one of the most devastating changeups I've ever seen. Now, the other pitches with it didn't necessarily make it as effective as it could have been, but she was so good to come in, get you two or three innings in the middle of a game, particularly when your starter struggled. And then uh, 51 runs batted in in Tennessee's national runner-up season in 2013, uh, had a ton of runs batted in the other two years, her junior and senior year. So I'm going to utility – Cheyenne Tarango, shout out uh, to number 77 for Tennessee. All right, I'm going to make a pick that I think in three years will look genius, and that is KB Sides at Alabama. And I think we, we got a taste of that this year, and I'm so excited for 2021 because, I mean, she was balling, and she's making diving catches. She's really found a home out in right field, and she was hitting north of, what, 450 before a play stop this year. She's driving in runs. There was a time – when Tom and I would talk on previous episodes of this podcast and we would say, well, we've got to get Bailey Hemphill up in the top three of the order. But then once KB was going seven for nine every weekend, you were able to put Bailey down in the fourth spot. I think she provides a mix of slapping ability and power. So I've got KB as my final pick. Um, again, unless did I mark it, not mark it down. Did someone take Michelle Moultrie from Florida? I don't think so. No. Wow. Okay. Well, then uh, that's 
the 2012 SEC Player of the Year, Michelle Moultrie, is going to be my final outfielder and the final pick of the uh, of the draft. Uh, multiple time All American, All Defensive Team too, a couple of years, which is going to be huge for me in, in the outfield as well. I really like how my outfield sets up defensively now uh, with Bro Brown and Herb out, out there. So uh, Michelle Moultrie, by no means a Miss Irrelevant, uh, but she will be the final pick of our draft. Mm, I love that. So that's that's it. The draft is completed. The teams, Amanda Scarborough has Jenny Shaper at catcher, Jade Rhodes at first base from Auburn, out of Tennessee at second base, Aubrey Leach at short, Bianca Bell from LSU, Casey Cooper at third out of that other school in Alabama, and an outfield of Megan Wiggins, Kelsey Bruder, Bailey Landry, Lauren Hager as utility, and a pitching snap of Delaney Gorley, Jackie Trannon. It's pretty potent. That'll work. I'll take it. Jen, you've got Aubrey Monroe at uh, catching. Nicole Schroeder, your sister, at first. Lauren Gibson at second. <laughs> Sophia Reynoso out of Florida at short. Elisa Goler at third base out of Georgia. A.J. Andrews, Amanda Lorenz, and Francesca Anea in the outfield. Love it. Solid picks. Uh, Savannah Jaquish to be your backup catcher slash utility. Um, Hannah Rogers and Allie Jasper from Florida and LSU in your pitching staff. How do you feel about your team? We're hitting a lot of home runs. Yeah, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Brian, you've got Mia Davidson behind the dish, Megan Bush at first, Kelsey Stewart at second, Megan Gregg at short, Chelsea Segern at third. Interesting pick, but I like it. And an outfield of Haley McClenney. Big bummer for me because I was next. Raven <laughs> Siobhan, Sydney Emanuel, Cheyenne Tarango in utility, and Kelsey Dunn and Ellen Renfro in your uh, pitching staff. So you stuck close to home. I have uh, three outfielders that are, gonna, that are going to get on base. I'll probably sprinkle them through the lineup because I have an infield and catcher that are going to run a pitcher's whole weekend by hitting dingers on Friday night. And uh, then Kelsey Tunn and Ellen Renfro. I feel really good about even going up against the other four teams in our, uh, in our league. That's a pretty good pitching staff that's going to have a lot of fun <laughs> matchups. I've got uh, Reagan Dykes behind the plate, Bailey Hemphill at first, Emily Carasoni at second, Madison Shipman at short, Nicole DeWitt at third, love my infield, and uh, Courtney Emanuel, Kylan Becker, and KB Sides in the outfield with Alicia Casio at utility, Alexa Cesario, uh, and Chelsea Thomas in the circle, so I feel very good. Uh, Tom, you've got, I think that maybe the most underrated SEC player ever behind the plate and Chelsea Brama, another player like you, I wasn't totally aware of how good she was until I did a deep dive into her stats. Yeah, I, that's, I was, I was shocked myself. And again, that's just kind of, I, I started doing the broadcast in 2015. Uh, I followed it before then, but not maybe not quite as, as closely, especially considering Mississippi state's status throughout most of that time. Uh, but just a, a amazing player and, and someone, again, I think the most important thing about her is her catching and her speed ability uh, that, that adds something to this lineup. Mm -hmm. Tori Vidalis out of A&M at first, Alex Hugo at second, Alyssa DiCarlo at short, Abby Cheek at third, Alyssa Brown, Michelle Moultrie. Can't believe she stayed until the last pick. And uh, Kayla Bro out in the outfield. And uh, Charlotte Morgan Utility, Kelly Barnhill, Montana Fouts in the circle. So those are the teams. How's everybody feel before we uh, sign off? I feel like I would love to see a league with these players playing for these teams. I don't even care who we get to coach them. 
they might be able to make up uh, their own batting order and call their own pitches because any of these teams would be incredible to see play together. Yeah, we're yeah, just I, I, GMs. I think we, we should call them. Go ahead, Amanda. Yeah. We're just the GMs. We don't have to coach That's them. right. We <laughs> draft the team and then sit back in the suite. Right. <laughs> I want to coach mine. I really, I do want to coach mine. I'm appointing my own self as the coach of my right. team. <laughs> well, you can do that. That's allowed. Yeah, totally. I don't, I don't think I have the resume to do that, but I mean, what am I going to tell any of these players that they don't know? I, you could send up literally, I think, any of these rosters and say, just go do what you do. And right. it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Mm, yeah, a couple I, players. I know, go ahead, Tom. I just know that I would not be able to root for my infield with it being Vodalis, <laughs> Hugo, Cheek, and DiCarlo. <laughs> my gosh. Yeah, we uh, there were even some really good players left off, and we won't dive into everybody, but a couple that I thought for sure would get picked that we did not see taken. Uh, Kayla Hunt in particular, um, not yeah. taken. But that's you know that's a testament to how good the SEC has been. Um, since 2010 so that's uh these are really good teams you the fans can vote on twitter for i don't know we'll see how long i decide to make the poll once the episode comes out but uh it, it's been a lot of fun team uh team scarborough team schroeder team rice team robertson team canterbury a lot of fun doing this draft amanda jen brian thank you y'all are great thank you guys thank you thanks for having me absolutely tom i'll uh, i'll see you when i get back to tuscaloosa Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Have fun down there in Tampa. Absolutely. So that was a lot of fun, Tom. My team is better than yours. Just kidding. I actually really like your team. Yeah, my my team would have like number five, uh, two through seven in the order could hit 20 home runs in a regular season. Uh, uh, the battle over who would bat third and fourth would be quite quite impressive between Vidalis, Hugo, Cheek, DiCarlo. I mean, who are you keeping out of a lineup? Because you've got Morgan sitting there at utility. Yeah. Well, I would think if Morgan was the pitcher in a game, uh, Alyssa would probably would sit out. Yeah. Which is amazing, saying Alyssa Brown's not going to bat. Wow. But wow. Yeah. Yeah, so that was a lot of fun. Thank you to Amanda Scarborough, Jen Schroeder, Brian Rice for taking what turned out to be an hour out of their evening to join us. Um, it was a lot of fun, fun experiment. Thing, Go ahead, One Tom. thing I think we can, what can do is maybe when we post this is, you know, tag them and ask them to do what their batting order would be. Mm, okay, I like that idea. It's a yeah, good call. And we'll, we'll all do that uh, on when this post comes out. We'll put out who are, what our batting order would be, uh, who our number one and who our number two pitchers are, which I mean, most, most everybody would be whoever they picked first to be their first pitcher. But, um, you know, it, I, I think that'd be, I, that's going to make a lot of difference in, I think, who wins this thing. Yeah. I will say, Tom, a look at your infield. There are a lot of errors there. A lot of errors. I was listening on my 12 hour drive. It felt like down here to Florida, I was listening to the old Georgia game and there were multiple games where we played the Bulldogs where we said something along the lines of what is Alyssa DiCarlo doing at short? Great bat. That's, that's, you're right. Yeah, it's, as long as she hits home runs, Barnhill will strike everybody out. It's fine. They, they probably won't even have to make a play. That's my <laughs> well, plan. Uh, let's do something normal. 
um, here on the Out of the Box podcast. Gray Robertson, Tom Canterbury here with you as we, I guess, steal second, round third, head home, do the whole shebang, head to first, do, whatever. Do all of it. Yeah, yeah, let's do it absolutely. all. And uh, let's do off the wall. So, Tom, it's been a while since we've done off the wall, but, you know, it's June and the season ended, gosh, what was it, three months ago, a couple days ago. Yeah. So what have you seen Man. off the wall since then? <laughs> The, the year 2020 has <laughs> <laughs> been off the wall 100 um, percent just uh, this uh, the it's amazing how we've gotten to the point now where we're not even talking about COVID or coronavirus anymore it's like we, we've moved on to the next crazy thing and the next uh, what what else is happening in the world and it's just um, I think but the fact that we haven't had we haven't had sports live sports happening, on on a large scale basis, um, I think it's kind of contributing to some of the division that's going on right now. Um, there isn't there isn't that unifying thing going on. We, we've seen that a lot of times after um, disasters or things like that. That sports kind of unifies us, and we're all just kind of going through different situations without the games that kind of help bring us out all together. So I think that's kind of one of the things that we're dealing with right now. And hopefully uh, in the next, uh, in the next month or so, we can get at some of these, these leagues that are having their issues, major league baseball, the NBA, hopefully they can come to agreements and uh, we can get some games going on. So people can get a little bit more normalcy, which I think will kind of help settle things down. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm not totally in agreement with you when it comes to MLB because I'm not sure if they'll ever get that fixed, but yeah. we can hope. Uh, All right. You know, it is such a crazy time in the world and in America for sure because you're seeing things pop up um, that ha that are just horrible and all these incidents happening and um, obviously the murder of George Floyd and, and things like that and, and important conversations happening. Um, maybe between people who haven't had these conversations. You know, these kinds of topics uh, are, are sometimes difficult because a lot of them are nuanced. And, uh, and I'm glad that people across America are having these conversations. I'm glad that so many athletes are speaking out about it. Um, you know, black Americans are talking about their experiences and sharing. And I think that's really important, especially for fans to hear. And I just, I don't understand the mindset kind of getting back to the off the wall part of it. I don't understand the mindset of these fans saying no when some of these players try to say what their life is like. It's very similar to what we talk about when we see negativity uh, said on Facebook about what the girls are thinking during games. I'm sorry, are you, are, are you this person? Uh, do you watch her every day? Like, how do you know what life is like for this person when you make comments like that's not how it is or stop saying this, yada, yada. I, I think it's just ridiculous. And I was, um, I was impressed with what Alyssa Brown said. I'm glad the SEC network and Alabama really kind of picked it up and spread it around. Uh, I was very disappointed that the team had to come to her defense because what she said uh, in her Instagram post, you can go look it up. Uh, Alyssa Brown's uh, Instagram is out there. It wasn't anything controversial. She was just telling her story. And to have to have KB Sides and, and Bailey Hemphill and some other players have to defend her just doesn't make sense to me uh, because everything Alyssa said is valid. And it's just – it's really off the wall that people still think like this when, when athletes in particular want to speak their minds about maybe not necessarily issues but their lives because nobody knows – 
an athlete's life better than that athlete. Yeah. Uh, I think part of the issue is social media in general itself is can more often than not, unfortunately, just become a cesspool. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's a it's a place where you can relatively anonymously at times um, come after people. Um, and it's, it's sad. You can, there are some points where you could post that the sky is blue and there would be people that would come after you, um, because they just want to attack you and call you wrong about something. And, uh, I, I could not agree more. I think what Alyssa said was perfectly, I I agree with you. It wasn't controversial. It was describing what happens in your life is not controversial. Yeah, and and she did not say anything anti anybody, um, and I think that's part of the the issue is people have to understand that not everybody has the same experience that you do. Not everybody, if you're talking about race, not even everybody in the same race has the same experiences as as somebody else. Right. Uh, and I, I don't think it's it's valid to say that somebody is wrong about what happens to them. Um, and so I, I agree. I thought it was it was great to see the team come together on, on a uh, you know, finding the silver lining on it. Uh, there's no division among the team, which is which is great to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean that I think especially with social media, there has to become a point where you decide as a person that I'm not going to respond, that I'm not going to I refuse to enter into this uh, discussion, this argument that you're wanting to have uh, because nothing positive is gonna come out of it. Um, and that there's a lot of people I think that needs to do that type of soul searching and come to that conclusion. Yeah, you know, there are a lot of fans out there and I'm not just talking about Alabama, I'm talking college sports in general, pro sports in general, that probably cheer for uniforms and don't cheer for people, and that's the wrong mindset to have. And that's why Bailey Hemphill tweeted out this to all sports, quote-unquote, fans. If you don't support athletes off the field, please don't pretend to support us on the field. And there's nothing incorrect about that. I mean, we know these girls. We support them on the field because, you know, we like our jobs and we want Alabama to win. But I'm happy to call many of these players friends. I know you ran into Montana Fouts earlier today. Uh, these yeah. are people as well who have their own opinions and who have their own stories that they want to share and to get in the mentions of those people because they decide to share their opinions or their stories is off the wall. Yeah. And again, and I, and like we said, I didn't think that what Alyssa said was political really even, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to agree with what every player or every college kid says uh, politically but there's no need to again that's one of those situations where probably best to just put it in your pocket and move on you know it's not you know that's not um there's no no need to interact in that situation uh but again social media is just accessible i mean you saw when the when the espn and the seven innings podcast put out the the all-time teams reading some of the comments on those there was still some just ridiculously sexist things, uh, just just stupid stuff put about that. Um, and I don't understand the want or desire or need to even do that type of thing. So it's unfortunately, 
I think a lot of it is more of a response about and a and a kind of a, a thought on social media more so than even because they wouldn't have said those things if they were standing face to face with them. Right. And that kind of digs into when we had our last kind of diving deep off the wall. Off the wall used to be about making fun of people saying Alabama couldn't get hits, but now because there are so many crazy things going off and we have seen firsthand people attack our Alabama softball family, it's, uh, you know, you have to dive into the important things sometimes. And this is really important. And like I said, it's a topic with some nuance, Um, you know, like, Everybody, I think, should. Certainly, I hope does. Racism is terrible, but also you cannot agree with the rioting and the looting and all that. These things have nuance, but to attack a view that isn't 1,000% exactly like yours is off the wall to me because differential, uh, differentiating, I should say, views is what makes America what it is, what makes it a special country. Right, and that's uh, the cancel everything culture is just that part is, is is not being able to stand the fact that somebody has a different view than you in mm-hmm. some form or fashion. And that's, that, that is what has kind of been brought along by social media because you can, there are people you can say that with, as I said, being anonymous. Um, and it's just that, that, that is, that is the part that hopefully um, you're going to need the unification to come in real life, not at, on Twitter or Facebook. Yeah. You know, you can change, you can change your, you can change your Facebook profile picture. You can do all these things. You can say all these things. What actions are you taking? How are you dealing with people on a day-to-day basis in your normal interactions? Um, that, that is where it matters. It doesn't matter what you put on Facebook. It doesn't matter what you do on that. It doesn't matter what player you're, you know, attacking as you're supposed to be a fan of um that it's just again that's the kind of thing you just kind of have to realize social media is what it is and, and move along yeah that's a that's a great point and a great way to cap it i think anything else you want to add before we i guess already head home as we've just skipped segments on this episode uh just um you know we, I, I can't believe it's been three months <laughs> since uh since we've had a softball game and um we're seeing uh, things are still up in the air, uh, but hopefully we're kind of trending in the right direction towards some sort of normalcy happening soon. And um, and the the hope is we get everything going in the fall as it should be, and then hopefully we're we're doing normal softball things uh, in the fall of 2021, which is going to be just if if everything falls to where we can play as we should, and uh, there's going to be some amazing softball teams out there, and it's going to be. I think the fact that we are living through what we're living in 2020, it's, it's like there's going to be a pivot point, not just in the world in general, but in sports as well. And I think it's going to be nothing but greatness <laughs> moving on starting in 2021. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And for Alabama as well, I mean, we've seen the schedule. Now, to be fair, we saw a mock-up that has changed since. But the meat of the schedule, conference play, a couple non-conference games, one trip, is great. And you're going to see all across the country just a lot of super teams battling other super teams. There's a weekend, one matchup. I don't even know if it's been announced, so I won't spoil it. But uh, Alabama will take on one of these super teams. So just get excited. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
I, and I think you're going to see a little bit more, and it's something we'll talk about as, as we move forward, but uh, there's going to be a little bit more regional matchups in the non-conference, I think, because, you know, different places are looking at different budget issues as far as travel. Um, but there's still going to be some really great softball, and which is going to make it, in, in a way, it's going to be even more fun once you get into the regionals and, and the World Series because right. some of these teams will probably not have played in the regular season like they may have been originally going to, and it's going to be even more fun to see them play for the first time. Mm. 2021 is a long way away, but we'll blink and it'll be here. And we will be guiding you all the way through, loyal listeners. So, Tom, where can people find you on Twitter before you block them? <laughs> Thank you. I have been using the unfollow button a lot as of <laughs> that I'm helps. Speak- Go, Go ahead. ahead. I was going to say, speaking of the social media cesspool, something that will really help your your stress and just dealing with it. That unfollow button is huge. Mute for me. Big mute. Yeah. Man. Not only muting people, but conversations. I like that. No, yeah. that's a good one. Anyway, Tom, where are you on Twitter? Yeah. Uh, T Canterbury RTR on the Twitter. T Canterbury RTR, and that's where again, when we post this, uh, we'll underneath it, we'll get get all our GMs on there uh, to post what the batting order will be for our teams. And uh, Team Canterbury looking to mash it out of the ballpark and not worry <laughs> about trying to field ground balls. Yeah, you, you better hope Kelly Barnhill uses that three-level rise to get everybody yeah. out. Uh, I am at, out. Here we go. Oh, my gosh. Well, dynamic duo, of course. Um, mm-hmm. I'm at Gray, G-R-A-Y underscore Robertson. Follow the podcast at Box underscore pod. I am at the Florida Gulf Coast League until I think July 24th is when I have to move out of my lovely chalet that they have put me in. Um, so I'm going to be here for a while. If any of you listeners out there want to come watch some softball, summer softball, you have to wear a mask, but it's free to the public. So come on down to Bradenton, Florida and, uh, watch the first ever summer league of softball, which I cannot believe Tom has never existed until now. Yeah, that, that's, that's crazy. I mean, and I, like, like we, like we talked about, there are some of these, these players that are going to get real invaluable experience and opportunity to really improve themselves. Um, and a lot of these players, talking about these players getting extra eligibility, um, that when when the rosters were put together at their particular universities, they weren't planning on having some of the competition they're going to have, and this type of uh, league is going to do nothing but help them. Yeah, so I'll be down here for that. I'll be tweeting a lot about it at gray underscore Robertson. All right, Tom. Good luck with the fan vote. Fans uh, out there, you can vote. We're going to release all these teams. I made great graphics. Very excited. Uh, So make sure that you pay attention there, and then we'll do a vote probably on Wednesday uh, for all of you to decide which teams you like the most and who you think would win. We're going to have to, because there are only four spots on the Twitter poll, Tom, we're going to have to do a gray versus or gray slash Tom option. And then if that wins, we'll have a Twitter vote off to see uh, who America thought would actually win me or you. We'll see what happens. I doubt we get there because I really like Amanda's team, but we'll see. <laughs> all right. All right uh, sounds good. Yeah. So, uh, so for Tom Canterbury, for all of our wonderful general managers, Amanda Scarborough, Jen Schroeder, Brian Rice, I'm Gray Robertson saying so long from the out of the box podcast. We'll see you eventually. We'll have another idea, something crazy. I'm sure that we come up with until then stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you next time.